Our camera fades in high over the Spellscar Desert, pointed at a very intricate-looking quartz temple known in the Temple of Bri as the Cradle of Quartz. Lost to time, erased from the logic of design, and removed from any reference outside of old heretical texts, our outlaws find themselves in a bit of a bind as they stepped in last week and during their explorations came face to face with a strange creature that appeared to teleport around the temple at will to emerge from the walls and to create wounds with nothing more than a gaze, bloodless wounds all over their targets. Seemingly unable to deal any damage and with a recall knowledge check from the Spellscar Desert or the Mana Waste expert, Halbrent, realized that this is what's known in the Mana Waste as the elusive time dog. They hightailed it out the front door, retreating to relative safely safety. And I believe you guys have decided that we are kind of setting up a small camp kind of on a cliff overlooking the front of the temple, the cradle. And so our camera does fade in. There's probably a campfire kind of crackling. And our four outlaws with a giant Wybert sort of in a stationary position near the huddle comes into focus. And we hear their conversation pick up. And the scene is yours. So Saruk is going to pull what I can only assume is grilled lizard tail from the fire. Except no substitutions. Thinking about it... Racking his brain, is there anything that I can roll to identify what the hell that was? That's a good question. So you haven't made any of the recall knowledge checks yet, right? Right. I think it was only Hal so far. Yeah. Uh, let me see here really quick. We're getting off the start. Also, I watched Twitch is giving a zero point to Sarut. I appreciate you. We are going to fucking need it. <laughs> Earn your chat, your heroic coins by watching on Twitch, and you can cash in to help our outlaws, because they may need it. Um, <laughs> may nothing. So the default check without a very specific lore on this is occultism. Okay. So Saruk being very high intelligence and having leveled now into investigator much more i'm trained in every skill in the game except for performance as of right now before all of the lores that i staple on them so occultism is something i can do what are your current investing your current leads uh you know what i think this time dog is a lead now thank you i appreciate you okay yeah so take your uh your investigator bonus on that one all right question marks Question marks it is. Very nice. So, is there a specific thing you're trying to go for on this uh, investigation? Just recall knowledge. I think thinking about it the most... Oh, lordy. Out of character. We spent a lot of time in the Discord planning this, but this part I didn't think about. Heck. I think Saruk mostly wants to try to determine what 
the hell it was or if it's possible that it can be reasoned with or why it is attacking us in the first place is it associated with bry did we fuck up by going in there is it some is this why the archives are incomplete got it okay what's what's the best place to pet it <laughs> no 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 okay so racking your brain you know, using all your investigative leads, all the knowledge you have packed up, anything you've learned and researched in your entire investigative career, you do come up with a nugget of information of something that is in, seems to be in the realm or at least neighboring adjacency to this creature. And that is, this creature seems to be a variation of something which is known as a Hound of Tindalos. And a Hound of Tindalos is a creature that exists outside of time. It, it doesn't perceive time the way we do. It doesn't perceive reality the same way we do. Its home, in fact, is the dimension of time. And for it to be transferred from that dimension to ours is not something that happens commonly. Some people might do rituals to call them to our realm but that usually is met with disaster generally speaking if a hound of tindalos is present it's because somebody something is messing with the natural flow of time and these things are there to stop that from happening and stop reality from breaking due to things like time travel. And that means a lot of what you've heard and researched seem to revolve around the idea that this Cradle of Quartz might have been a place where time travel was possible, where time behaved differently. Maybe there's a nugget of truth if this thing is actually here. The mana wastes continue to be a fascinating and dangerous place. I wasn't expecting to encounter a hound of Tindalos out here. Hound of what now? They're from the dimension of time. I read about them a very long time ago. They they come to... Uh, Saruk like tap, tap, taps the ground in response to... Well, unless they're called people fucking with time. So whatever's going on in there, the hound isn't... How best to frame this? Maybe better to just jump to the conclusion of the hypothesis. I, I don't think we can fight it, and hopefully, if we can get in, presumably convince Kosawana to not do whatever in each and every hell he's doing, maybe the dog goes away. Presumably it also sees us as part of the problem, though. Right, because I shot it. Hit it square in the face. Didn't do a damn thing to it. Yeah, that tracks. My bum did scratch it a little bit. But I'm not sure I could actually make more of it. Still clutching her rib because... Anita is badly injured. Zaruk, you do you need any help? I do, but it can it can wait. 
I'll be all right. It's as it returns to where like there are probably very large scars from that cobra on his neck. I really, grand scheme of things, I guess I've seen worse. <laughs> Past me would not believe that. So what do we do? We still have to get Kosawana. I suppose we do. I... Maybe I'm thinking 20 steps ahead here. Let's hear it. I wonder if we don't... And this is... Consider this the turbo last case scenario plan. If Mugland wants him, and Mugland's bumblebees want him, and they're coming here, presumably they would. Perhaps we can kill two rocks with one stone. But if Kosawana is wanted by nods over to Refi, then we have a friend, and that friend could be helpful tearing apart nods back to Alkinstar. I mean, wasn't the rumor Kosawana was, like, touched by time? Maybe that's his that's his dog, you know, like Seal, that's his bloodless hound, as a word. If that is the case, then we have two very powerful friends. Shudder at the thought. In any case, I think we shouldn't engage with it. I think we should get in, stay close, stay close to me, so Kijok and I can shrug off some of the things that will come at you. Get in, find the man, get out of this place, and hopefully that Saruk reaches down to his pack, withdraws a smokestick, and begins, like, twirling it. I don't know if this is going to be the most foolproof, but I'm pretty sure I had to look at that thing before, and then, like, removes gauntlet. There are several bloodless cuts running up his forearm. This should conceal us. It, it would be helpful if there were more. I, I could make some. I just need help taking off my uh, my work table from Wyvert's ass. It's not a sentence you hear every day. It's not. It's in there. It has the most space. Wyvert is her giant robotic companion that has a storage compartment in his butt. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. It's not weird. Welcome, Raiders. It's, it's, where, you, it's where you keep <laughs> the best things, right? Right, no, that sounds like a great plan to uh, But I think you are right about being 20 steps ahead. What are we going to do right now? Right now, we are going to eat Blizzard Tail. We are going to lick our wounds. We are going to pray to whatever gods will listen. Actually, and then glance over to Hal. You think there's more than one entrance to that place? Maybe there's somewhere that the... I'm going to keep calling it Time Dog because it's... This is how I'm coping. But maybe we can go in somewhere it's not looking. I know that there were those windows on the side that were, you know, kind of seeing and we can get around. But we haven't gone around the back. We haven't looked anywhere. I mean, the sun goes down a little bit. I have a much better chance of, you know, scouting around. <laughs> do you both want me to do a quick patch up before you all like go out and explore more entrances to the to the cave i was thinking i might run back to the ship let folks know that we've encountered heavier resistances maybe on the off chance 
it's not an off chance. The high probability that Gattleby is carrying enough ordnance to blow the ship sky high. You know, uh, that might be very useful for us right now. As long as you don't do it alone, because remember, Halbert already saw those weird birds that were flying around. Who knows if there would be more on your way back to the ship. You're not wrong. Ruffy, you feel like going on a walk? Yeah, why not? Walk off a bit of these scratches. I realize that means we're leaving Anita alone. I'm alright, Wybert's here. You sure? I'll hide. Alright, if you're sure. Wait, let me patch you up real quick. Yeah, yeah, and then Saruk sits down, removes armor. It is probably... I. There are several slashes up our bodies from where something looked at us and then we got cut up. So I imagine the act of removing armor over that is not great. So 10 minutes with assurance to the eight. Woo, 25 points for you. How long until sundown and how long will it take them to go and get back? Because if they walked up to the hill, they're probably like half hour out from the ship and then half hour back. Uh, in my head, I'm picturing the sh the trek from the ship in is probably like an hour each way. You guys would have parked just outside Tentacle Canyon where it was safest to more to like dock the ship. Um, this cradle is in an area of the Spellscar Desert, which is referred to as Tentacle Canyon. And there's like basically there's lots of like high cliffs here that sort of make weird patterns that you can kind of like navigate your way through. Cradle of Quartz is luckily for you guys pretty much right on the outside of it. It's not like deep in the heart of it, so it's not too hard to find your way in and out. So I'd say it's probably like an hour to the ship and then an hour back. And you guys are probably camping just a few minutes from the thing. Um, I think we're still I think we're still probably a good four or five hours from sunset. Oh, so I could wait with Anita. Yeah, you didn't spend too much time, right, in the Cradle of Quartz. You, all in all, I think you guys spent maybe an hour at tops and you guys so it's still pretty early in the day it's like mid-afternoon i think high noon as some people would say we could go back together and then come back and camp out here and i'll bother take a look around we could wait till it's mid noon and then sleep till it's low noon and then what's after low noon hopefully not our deaths to a hound of tindalos I think you were bumped in the head too much, Ruffy. So let me do a medicine check on you for 10 minutes with assurance. You too, Halbrant, before we all set off. Oh, 19 hit points for you. And then Halbrant, 18 for you, Halbrant. Thank you. I'm almost back to new. Me as well. Alright, I'm gonna ride on Wybert while we do this trek, if y'all don't mind. So we're gonna take a, a trip back to the airship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. We're not splitting the party. I'm over here with my hands like, oh man, I could do like four separate encounters run at the same time. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, uh... We just get swarmed by murderous birds. <laughs> Imagine. That's how we die. <laughs> so there is, uh, I think we get the sort of montage of how leading you guys back towards the airship through the spell scar desert here in the in the in the canyons themselves within the the tentacle canyon there is some protection from like the mana storms that blow in sort of off the the desert because within kind of like they physically hit the walls on the outside 
so it's not completely immune from in here from like all the magical effects but there is some shielding much in the same way that like alkenstar walls provide a lot of shielding um back in the city it's, it's not too far off from that feel um but as you guys are kind of walking looking up you see like like the craziness in the sky the rainbows the upside down rainbows of like weird colors some rainbows are just like pure black and white across the sky the the sound of thunder kind of echoing in a completely clear sky somewhere else in the desert and this montage of you guys kind of making the same way that you made your way here until as you kind of take your last turn out the canyon and you see off not too far from where you are the second kiss the airship that brought you guys here from nearby Alkenstar. And it looks like you can see um, up on the sort of balloon part, uh, Nelbin, Gelbin and Neth, Nebi. Is that right? They are, uh, looks like they're pretty close to getting the, uh, the ship patched up as you guys make your approach. I mean, yeah, they see that everyone sees you coming. You know, there's like the wave as you're coming. You get the eyes of the passengers, the little like halfling passengers, like looking out the window as you come in, um, excited looks on your faces. And I think they lower the sort of like drawbridge to the ship. Uh, Farah, the fair Farah Winslow is there to greet you as she's once again smoking on her famous cigars. That was fast. Time to I wish. skedaddle back to town. Not yet. Cradle's, cradle's haunted. And I'm pulling out another gun, loading it, and walking back. I really hate to say it, but Refi is kind of right. It's going to be a little longer than we thought. We wanted to let you know, and if there was anything on the ship, on the supplies front, we could use it. And I'll turn to Anita, and quietly, in case he's watching, he's probably watching. You should go talk to Gattleby, see if he has anything that he'll let us borrow. All right. Uh, Farrah is a little, like, disappointed that, you know, it's not time to, to go. Um, especially when you guys say that it takes longer, but she... Well, you're the one paying the bills. And she uh, just kind of goes back to the cockpit, crosses her feet, kicks him up, and just sits back, staring right out the front window towards the uh, the horizon. And yeah, you guys have free reign of the ship. I think uh, there's like a tug on Ruffy Q comes by saying it's haunted. There's like a tug on the like uh, duster and it's like it's like the halfling woman. She's like, did, did you say ha haunted? I'm just loading my pistol again. Moon's haunt or moon's haunted. No, cr cradle's haunted. And I head to the bar and pour myself a shot. Gat will be sitting there at the bar just quiet drinking I step off a of Wybert because Wybert can't fit in the ship <laughs> he can it's just really tough for him like he, every time he moves he's like bumping over like chairs and hitting people and then I head to the bar uh, and sit next to Gatlby time to go home no not yet I'm just going to be blocking with you professor do you have any explosives or potions with you that we could maybe use while we look into the courts. It's really hard down there. I mean, you think I brought my, my fucking lab equipment or any of my, my stuff? This is this is a vacation. You promised me a vacation. I didn't talk to you. The big guy promised me a vacation. Well, I'm not the big guy. I am your student, and I feel that to a certain degree 
maybe we owe each other something. Not entirely wrong, I guess. Can you at least explain the situation? Like, what, what is it you need from me? All right. So there's this timey-wimey hound that's over there killing us. Like, we don't even have to do anything to it because we can't. So far, it it damages us or it hurts us when it sees us. So we're thinking of making some smoke sticks. However, during our encounter with it, we've also finished up all our elixirs to keep our, you know, like, to keep ourselves alive. So if you don't have anything, maybe you could help me either make more smoke sticks or make more elixirs. Like, I could... Ooh, one of the things that also damaged it was like a, a frost vial that I had. So any anything elemental that you could come up with by the end of ten, by tomorrow morning wouldn't help us a lot. You're a genius. I know it usually takes four days, but maybe you'd have some miracles under that sleeve of yours. Do me a favor. Make a diplomacy check. E. Pour Annie a drink as she's talking. Like a plus one item bonus for drinking with uh, Gattleby. Yeah, that's par for the course for Alkenstar. What should be like the new Mare Chrysler? No! Don't fix it. Shit, it's broke. I would like to use a hero point. Alright, we're hero pointing the social situations. Yes. Not Mary Chrysler. Mary. Happy Pride. You're supposed to say Gattleby. No. Seven. Gattleby, that. <laughs> 17. Okay. He kind of he, he looks at you. Oh, RK Richard RPG gives a need a hair point. But that's that hair point. Good. He finishes drinking, nods. You're a good kid. I, I don't think I have much I can do for you, but uh, I'll, I'll see what I can whip together. He places his, like, empty glass down, nods at Ruficule, and goes up to his room to begin tinkering to see what he can throw together. What kind of sort of, I guess, that sort of alchemist thing of, like, just throwing something together with what you got, you know? We'll see, he'll see what he can come up with. I will make a... Thank you, Professor! Oh, Ruffy. What did we get ourselves into? At least we're out of the city, right? I know I've always wanted to get out of the city, but not this way. Maeve's not yeah. even here. The air seems a bit too clean, you know? Doesn't feel right, doesn't feel heavy in the lungs. <laughs> That's true, it could be the storms. I feel I'm getting a little bit of asthma, surprisingly. Like, I feel it now that the air's cleaner than when we are <laughs> inside the city. Like, it's like my body doesn't want to breathe as well, because it's like, ah, you're fine, you got good enough air. Seriously, though, Ruffy, do you think we could do this? I could only do so many elixirs and so many smoke sticks, and I'm not sure I've convinced Gattleby enough to really give us something. Gattleby or not, I think you can do anything, Annie. I've got most confidence in you. That's the thing, like, if any of you don't make it out of there, like, I would feel 100% responsible for it. Our little band of misfits have gone quite close. 
much to my surprise with some other members, but uh, we have each other's backs and we look out for each other and we try to get each other out alive, but we're all going to die one day. Whether it's here, whether it's falling out of a tower, whether it's dying of old age. Or by fire. Or by fire. We just gotta do the best we can while we can. That's true. I'm just trying to prolong everyone's life as much as I could because we haven't really been... We've been so busy that we haven't really lived life. And I don't think... I don't know. I feel the opposite. The past year and a half or so I've been with Kojak feels like I've been more alive than I have been in the previous combined years of my life. I mean, me too, but I think at some point in everyone's lives, especially with, with you three, like, I see you all very deserving of, you know, like, maybe a, a peaceful, content life. And this is too much, I think. Before you say anything about yourself, stop it. Because you do. I know better when to argue with you like that. And I pour another drink. Cheers. Oh, alright. Anita makes a face because she doesn't drink. How do you like this stuff? Oh. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and set up and make the, make everything that we need. I saw Saruk and Halbrant by the entrance before I went here. Then Anita leaves. I take out my gun cleaning kit. Taking a bottle of booze. Utmost safety measures all the time. Bottle <laughs> of booze, firearm, cleaning. We expect nothing less. So yeah, so let's catch up with maybe uh, what Saruk and Halbrunt are doing while this sort of interaction is going on. What are, you, what are you guys doing to prepare for the next day? I think I want to talk first to... I'm so bad at names, but the the ex shield marshal who came out here to go big game hunting, and then Celesta, Celesta, yes, and then okay, so yeah, I want to go grab her. Yeah, so uh, Celesta is uh, pretty easy to find. Um, I think she's probably enjoying like a midday nap in the in her room. But when she hears sort of the talks that you guys are back, she comes probably looking for you guys as well. You know, eyes wide, reading like your body language and your wounds in your face. She's like, something's not right. What's what's wrong? I need a favor. You feel like stretching your legs a bit? Not really. What if I said please? Or better yet, what if I said... It might be very helpful to, you know, all of those things that you had a problem with in your line of work before you retired. What if I said it would be helpful at getting rid of them? I'm listening. What, what are we talking? So we might be in the cradle for a while. I'm concerned that the bumblebees, Saruk air quotes, might also be coming this direction and if they do they're going to be coming from the mouth of this canyon so it would be incredibly helpful if we had someone with your skill set somewhere they couldn't see 
watching out. And if you saw anyone else from Alkinstar making their way down here to, well, run as fast as you can to the cradle and then fire a warning shot. So we have some kind of advance notice. Hopefully we are out in time before that happens, but I would much rather measure, tw measure twice cut once, you know? I thought you were going to ask me to put my neck on the line or something crazy like that, but... I mean, maybe yeah, you are. That sounds reasonable. You expecting company? Maybe I'm paranoid, but I would like to... I would like all our bases covered, you know? If they show up, then we know, and if they don't, then... I'm a paranoid old man. Both are fine. Celessa nods and says tell you what kid uh she pulls she has like tucked under her armor she's got like this thing she pulls out it's on a chain it, it's a whistle she has it's like a signal whistle and she she nods and she says just in case the shot's not loud enough listen for this and she blows on the whistle and it's so loud that like everyone in the immediate vicinity has to like cover their ears in, in pain, you know? Everyone on the ship up to half a mile away can like hear this whistle like carrying on the wind, and even with like the wind in the desert, even further off into the wind. And she stops. I'll come running. Two whistles means danger's on its way. So see the problem with that is the our foes are going to hear that, too. Hopefully they don't. Well, I will do it as I'm running towards the temple, like you asked. All right. I trust you, then. I mean, if we go higher in elevation, we'll probably have further line of sight on anyone coming. But I tell you, it's it's uh, it's been pretty quiet out here. I promise keep my eyes peeled anything comes this way i'll try to give you some advance notice i appreciate you hey you don't happen to have a wayfinder do you no reason why actually and then taps the iron stone which is floating around saruk's head unfortunately she is not a pathfinder society member is that is that the the thing that pathfinder society members get yes they get them as a like badge of office but also they're so like they're uncommon mechanically but i feel like a lot of them end up in flea markets and such right it is not something that she currently has access to now all right i'm gonna go find the merchants appreciate it yeah so uh, she has now kind of put herself on active scout duty so she will have eyes and ears to make sure that if something's coming then uh you can get hopefully some advance notice. Yeah, the merchants are in the. They're not too far to find. They're right in the, um, the sort of flight deck, right where like the the dining tables are, and they seem to be just sitting in. Uh, they've taken a deck of cards from like the game room and brought it down, and they're just playing like uh, what seems to be some variation of poker. Just like a knock knock on the door frame. You all wouldn't happen to have a wayfinder on you, would you? I, I don't expect you to have the whole shop on you on your vacation, but anything at all for sale? Oh, we have plenty of fabrics, like silks and and things of that nature. Uh, a wayfinder. 
that like an adventuring thing? Yeah, it's a compass. They never mind. Maybe it was foolish for me to ask. Uh, they both look. They kind of shrug. They look at each other like they have no idea what you're even talking about. Yeah, measure twice, cut once. All right, I'm gonna go see if Farah has one. She has a sort of um, wayfinder-like device, which is mounted into the like flight deck of the second kiss. There's all kinds of instruments and things, and there is something there which functions like a wayfinder. So then, just run, 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 knock on the door to the the bridge. Captain, you mind if I borrow that adjacent to Wayfinder? It might mean we get out a little faster. She looks at you like you're crazy. Like, you, you want me to tear my ship apart and send it with you. I, I mean, I can probably fumbles for tools. I think I could get it out. <laughs> that wasn't the exact problem I had with the situation. Make a diplomacy check for me, if you will. Oh, I will after I check all of my class features, because I'm so sure I have something that... Interrogation investigators are a whole thing. This is definitely a make a request of um, Farah. <laughs> I'm not using no cause for alarm, but it's funny. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. No cause for alarm. I'm not going to fucking die. Uh, da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Probably don't have the time to turn her into a thing. Yeah, because that takes 10 minutes, so... <laughs> This feels hero point worthy. It was such a good roll for like a second. It was a 19 and it tipped over to that three. Right. Eh, slightly better. 19. She kind of, you can see like, like she has some, some cause for alarm. Even though you've got the no cause for alarm feet. She agrees, but she wants, first she wants to know like, are you planning on taking it with you? Like into the cradle? So I'm planning on, and then grabs the iron stone out of the air. If I put this in a wayfinder, it's resonant ability, tap, tap, shield. We're not going to have a lot of time in there. And if this breaks, we might follow. I would prefer that not to happen. So, yes, I. So, like, is this thing. How big is this adjacent to wayfinder? Uh, I mean, how big is a wayfinder? Is Like a compass, like a. Yeah, like a compass size thing. It's like slightly larger, so it's a little bulkier of a compass. Like, um,. I would say not too bad. It's just one instrument of many in this flight deck, right? So it's not like you're taking the whole flight deck with you. Fair. It's, it's enough that I think it'll function for what you need it to do. In, in this case, she's willing to, to let you borrow it, but she's going to ask for something valuable as collateral. Yeah, okay. So will you take a crude map of Alkenstar sewers? How about a beat-up lion plushie that met fuck all... Uh, red herring, wine plushy. Fucking that goddamn wine plushy. I think she's hoping for something with some value to it, like financial value to it. I don't know what you guys have on you. Very little. Well, mm, actually, no. JK, I will uh, pop the snap leaf off of my armor. If I don't come back, this isn't useful for me, and it's infinitely useful for you. I think it's. Don't mind me, I'm checking my character sheet. <laughs> it's not worth as much as a Wayfinder is, but if one of your crew is dead otherwise, I think it's worth infinitely more. What do you think? I think you're on good enough terms with her that she's she's fine with that uh, that collateral. So she takes the... Uh, she goes out and takes the snap leaf and like 
nods and you can go ahead and get your tools out and pry the the wayfinder from her uh console and i shall put the clear quartz octagon in it and then after the rest i'll he invest it so that means i can cast uh, i always think that'll print but it'll let me cast a first level mending as a divine innate once per day and with that saruk has everything i think we're he can figure how to get so if we're sounds like we're resting here so just gonna find a place where you can sit and pray all right does sound like we're resting here how is there anything how would like to do i think i would go to anita and ask her about the book and ask her is there any mention of this tom dog in your book or i mean does this and does that I don't know, contraption y'all picked up from Kosawana's office, like, look like it matches anything in the temple. You know, that uh, big-ass thing you guys, and with all the little, I don't know what that stuff is. Quartz? That's it. Does that have anything to do with Kosawana? Does mention the time dog? Did you even try to t- tell the time dog to sit? Or, you know, I mean, my head's thinking maybe it's like a protector of the uh, Lady Bry, you since you're, well, they said you were touched by Lady Bry. Maybe you could, you know, teach it a thing or two. Like, don't look at us. I don't know. No, I was thinking of that earlier too. But yes, ho- hang on. Let me see. And then I pull out the logical design and see if there's any mention of, of the time hound, the time dog. Okay. Yeah, you can spend some time researching it. You can give me... I have academia lore. I think academia lore is actually good here because what you're really trying to do is to, like, use this book, even though it's a religious holy tech, you're looking at it in, like, a study fashion, right? You you know how to, like, look through books to find the information you're looking for in academia. So, so go ahead and do an academia lore and take a plus two item bonus for using the logic of design and give me a recall Ooh. knowledge check. Okay, secret. Private. Huzzah! Oh! I didn't look at it. I click private. <laughs> I'm not looking it's, at it un- you, until you. You and I can see it. Nobody else can see it. Well, I guess the stream can see it. So I'm still not it. looking. You spend some time looking through uh, the logic of design, and the interesting thing with the logic of design is it's designed and laid out in a very logical fashion. Surprise, surprise! The logic of design. There's like th- there's like three numbers for every single decree or every single um, regulation, right? It's like two dot two dot three or whatever. And each section and subsection and has like a heading and a subject matter. So after um, maybe like an hour or so of perusing it, you do find a section which comes up with some relevant information to you here. And I will go ahead and show this. I'll go ahead and do it to all players so they can all see it. There is a page and a passage in here. Regulation 6.2.1. But anyways, you find a section, which is section 6, which is listed as restrictions and avoidances. And underneath that, you find a subsection 6.2, which is listed as time. And then you find regulation 6.2.1. And regulation 6.2.1 states time is an important concept 
but must be treated carefully. It is our duty to design, maintain, and improve ways to accurately measure the passage of time, but only its measurement. Tampering with the flow of time or attempting to move oneself through time risks drawing the unwanted attention of the dimension of time itself. These guardians known as Hounds of Tindalos appear as dog-like creatures in shape. They are characterized by a few key abilities. One, their gaze can manifest physical wounds without blood. Two, sharp teeth and claws. That's pretty self-evident. Three, flight. Four, usage of acute angles to teleport through our reality. And five, use of acute angles to help distort reality and defend itself from harm. As such, experiments around time should be, restric be restricted purely to its measurements. A section on time regulation and mention of these hounds of Tindalos, which seems to back up what Saruk came up with before, but there's a little bit more solid concrete information on you to act on here in the logic of Albert, look up this and then Anita shows the re regulation 6.2.1. It's pretty much what Saruk told us earlier, but look at numbers four and five, something about acute angles. I wonder if it's using the, like, that place was all laid out symmetrically and in, in, in perfect you know, harmony and had all these little jewels and everything on the wall. I wonder if we, I wonder if we can lure it outside. If we can like take it away from these acute angles, it'll be susceptible to harm or, I mean, even better. We just, I mean, lock it outside. Well, it went through the wall, that won't work. But I'm, I'm wondering if we can get it outside, we can, you know, harm it, get it out into the field or whatever, out in the desert a little bit more. Cause there's none of that acute angles out there. It's just dirt and mortar well how 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 would we get it outside with the acute angles like, it still needs the walls that's what i'm thinking that it needs the walls to go through yeah but if we get it away from the walls maybe we drag it out of the walls i don't know i'm just thinking thinking you know or maybe there's a place in there that's you know that doesn't have it I wonder if it like knows where we are because of the vibrations on the ground or is it like an omnipresent thing since it's from another dimension and just knows where we are that's what i'm wondering because I, I feel that i think that trying to get it out still is risking us from being possibly harmed by it that by the time we do get it out, we're already so injured that if we try to fight it, you know, it still might win. Not sure. I mean, if I grab it and close my eyes after and just drag that shit out, I don't know. What about your little uh, contraption that you had? I mean, if I recall correctly, it looked like the same layout of the foyer, foyer. Well, call it foyer from where I'm from. Which one? You know, the one from his. Oh, hang on. That little thing. Yeah, I think I remember what you're talking about. Hang on. And then she goes to Wyburn and opens his trunk. Yeah, I've been racking my brain. 
on figuring what this one is, could I do another attempt on this clockwork quartz invention? Figure out what it is? Okay. So this uh, this is the thing you have in Wybert's butt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, blind. This is... This was the unusual powder. Is that is that what you're doing? Can I do two? Because <laughs> one is like there's one that says clockwork quartz invention. Oh, I see. Yeah. Found in Kosawana's workshop has a thirteenth hour, and then right. one is yeah. Okay, so we can do one. We can do run roll per which one. So the first check. You were interested, which was which was the first one you wanted to do? Which was it was the clockwork quartz invention. Clockwork quartz. Okay, so this device that you found in Kozana's workshop functions and looks to function like a clock, but it it seems to take its powering. Unlike most clockwork devices, there's no clockwork, no wind up, nothing on this device that has anything to do with a winding mechanism. Right, the only thing that seems to power it as a power source is the quartz crystal itself that's kind of nestled in at its center. The quartz itself looks unextraordinary. It looks as generic as any other piece of quartz that you've ever seen. So if there's something magical or enchanted about the quartz, it doesn't, there's nothing to your apparent study that shows it that way. It's just somehow Kosawana has managed to harness the power of a quartz to power a clock, which is impressive in and of itself. Uh, you're still coming back to that 13th hour on it. It's got 13 numbers on his face, which is odd. And the, it doesn't do you any good for tracking time because, you know, it gets one hour out of sync every day with the extra hour that's on there, or two hours out of sync even. It, it goes back to this idea and this thing that you read about in the asynchronous archives in your big study binge Kosawana was obsessed with someone that referred to themselves as the 13th Ordinal, which was a prophet that had been stricken from the Logica design. And that prophet is the one who was sort of talking about the Cradle of Quartz in the first place. And you kind of look at this clock and this 13th Ordinal clock. It probably is, a, more than anything, it's probably like a... Not necessarily a cult, but like a secret member meeting. Something you would have in your office to denote yourself as a member of this sort of secret group. And if somebody saw it, they would know that you were a secret member without having to say anything. You get the impression that's probably what this clockwork invention is. Mm -hmm. There's some amazing tech at work here to make it function as a clock without a wind-up device. And yet, at the same time, it's clearly meant as a sort of... Secret Society showpiece. Okay. And then I'll do the other one for the... Hang on, let me make sure what it was. The powder. Okay. Yeah, you can make a roll for that too. Boom. As you start looking at this pow powder, you start to uncover some of its mysteries and learn as to uh, what it is. It is actually a sort of item which is known as timeless salts which is a consumable alchemical item with a charge you can sprinkle it onto a single object up to 10 cubic feet in volume with no more than 40 bulk and it'll keep it preserved for an entire week it won't decay 
things that um, require the object to be fresh, don't pass time, like corpses and stuff, you can keep corpses fresh or food fresh or anything like that. So it, it's a way to sort of preserve things, an alchemical way to sort of manipulate the time flow of an object. Gotcha. Uh, so as she's looking at the invention, Anita looks up to Hal and says, Sorry, Halbert, I don't think this has anything to do with the Time Hound. If anything, it's just like an homage to his old belief in the conspiracy that this 13th hour, the, the Ordinal, the Prophet or something, is real. Well, the salt will help you to make some fabulous lizard tail jerky, though. As a Nobo USA in chat. Are we going to uh, go back tonight? Because I do my best, my best work just after dark. Um, I, I, I have to stay because I still have to finish all these smoke sticks and the elixirs. But Rafi or Saruk might be free. If you do see either of them, could you also mention about numbers four and five of the regulation? Yeah, I think I'm gonna let him know right now. All right, thank you, Albert. In a combat sense, too, Hal, and maybe like Ruffy and Suruk, as you guys kind of talk about it, you, you realize in the entire time that you were harassed by that hound, it never once left being adjacent to a wall. I'd mention that to uh, go to Saruk. Hey, look what Nina, uh, <clears throat> look what Anita <laughs> found. Begins flipping through book. Right here. Usage of acute angles to teleport through our reality. Use of acute angles to help distort reality and defend itself. But you remember when we were in there? Uh, when when T-Jock was in there taking a look, it was next to that wall. And then it came through the wall, but it didn't move away from the wall. Yeah, that whole place is sharp angles on sharp angles on sharp angles. Machaqua. So we can either get it out or won't get out or... I mean, we can't really break down the walls, but... So, does does Saruk know whether or not Hounds of Tindalos are, like, intelligent? Given that recall knowledge check you did earlier, let me just double-check their stat block before I say something. They are extremely intelligent, intelligent creatures, although, you know, the extent of their intelligence is not something that's been conventionally studied because most people don't spend enough time around them to, to survive, right? You can't just have a conversation with one. They are otherworldly enough that their mind is so alien and foreign to like our understanding that it makes it hard to communicate with them but they show extreme intelligence extreme puzzle solving skills and an intellect and reasoning that is off the charts absolutely they're intelligent but not one for conversation right if they're here and they're being given a task then they are committed to doing that task hounds of tindalos are remarkably intelligent creatures i there is a part of me that would love to set up i don't i don't know how but some locked box such that it would go in but then not come out again but i don't think we're gonna get that lucky unless there happens to be like a safety room in there somewhere i don't know i mean there was that pristine sarcophagus sitting in the middle of that room is that a lockbox? That is an incredibly valid idea. Yeah, maybe. Jam it in, jam the lid. I I would say I have enough blood in me to do that, but the thing doesn't make you bleed. 
I mean, we still should take a look around and maybe we, I mean, I mean, maybe Kosawana is just sitting in there reading the book. We can just holler and holler his name and say, hey, we're here to save you. Like people are after you. Those same people that uh, were after you shot us up in that temple. Maybe we can have a conversation if you can, you know, tie your dog up a little bit. Yeah, maybe. So then real, real quickly, uh, we saw art of of Kosawana, like we, the four of us at the table, did the characters see the art? There would have been at least a sort of charcoal sketch drawing that you've seen of what he looks like, so you're at least aware, generally speaking, of what Kosawana should look like. Gotcha. Well, there's nothing to it but to do it, I suppose. Yeah. So we going back tonight, or? I think we ought to. You need to be back there tonight so you can scout the thing. Just take a look around. If we leave Ruffy here, he'll be... Well, it's getting to coffee time. Yeah, maybe we should. Let's just wait a little bit till after dark. He'll be wound for sound and we'll be good to go. Yeah, sounds good. I'll go with you. I'm... I shouldn't get close to the place. I... Saruk shifts slightly and his full plate clings. <laughs> clank, 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 clank. But I can find something to climb up on and provide cover topside at least. Don't get too close to them birds. Yeah. I'll just yell at him real good. Worked with Refi. Refi ran away from you? No, Ref. He shot at the birds and the birds flew off. Oh. And I'll shoot at the birds and presumably the birds will fly off or I'll shoot the birds, I guess. That would be a good trick, though. All right, let's go show him this. Maybe he's got some ideas. Uh. Or you can sit here and I'll take the book and go over there and take it. Oh, no, I want to see what comes out of his ass when he tries to... Oh, well... Oh, wait, that, that's Tommy doing the voice. What is... Have you ever heard the... Fr- I can't put those two voices together. <laughs> <laughs> when he sees it and comes up with some harebrained strategy for petting a dog, which is... You know, this is going to be too good to miss. I'm right behind you. All right. I'll take the book over to Refugule and assume he's still sitting at the bar with his booze, like at one of the tables, away from... Yeah, it'll be, at least, and I'll plop it down and point my finger and then look at him and I'll turn it back around and start reading it to him. I've got a napkin I've folded over my eyes. Yes, that is a good idea. Just look at the napkin. Don't think about the consequences. You're so smart. All right, so Anita found this in her book. Says she found uh, this this hound Tindalos in her book and it talked about the things we know about, right? Guys... Gaze producing wounds, sharp teeth. We didn't see it fly yet, but it went through the wall. But it says it uses acute angles to teleport through our reality, uses acute angles to distort reality and defend defend itself from harm. And if you remember, it didn't get away from them walls. It uh, hung out close to the walls. So maybe we can get away from the walls. Saruk said uh, Kijak saw sarcophagus in there. Maybe we can drag it in there. Do you have any ideas like how we can best utilize this new information. It does gel with what you saw Reficule too, because when you had shot it square in the face, you remember oddly, it didn't make sense to your brain at the time, but I, I even mentioned how like, it looked like the wall next to it like exploded with like the ricochet. It was a really high tech moment, but seeing this laid out and playing that back in your head, it does look like there might be some merit to this. I'm not as book learned as all of you, but uh I mean, it seems to make sense to me, you know. I shot it at its face, and it did see seem to be its good sides. It did look pretty cute. Uh, wanted to pet it, so 
it taking advantage of all those cute angles makes sense. It's not where I thought you would go with that, but I'm not surprised. I think we're heading out tonight to so we can get in under the cover of dark and it's like set up uh, some safe place and I can take a little bit of a look around uh, around those cute walls. And I quickly assemble my dueling pistol. I'm just about to switch over to coffee. Anyway, it seems like a good time. You know, I'd say you're like clockwork, but based on where we're going, I don't really want to think about clocks that much. You're like a sundial. Yeah. I think, um, but right before you guys leave to go back and, you know, enough time passes that I don't think Anita's had much time to prepare everything yet. It'll probably wait till morning or whatever when you guys are long resting because you're going to go back in the camp outside the, the the cradle for like the eight hours. Is that the plan? I think so. It depends, right? If I uh, if we scout around and find something that gives us any more information, we might have time to come back. But if not, then we'll probably just hang out there. Um, before you go, I think Gattleby will pull Anita aside and sort of be like, well, Bolt's, uh, it ain't much, kid, but uh, it's the best I could do on sh such short notice. And he kind of dumps a couple of, like, alchemical vials in your hand and I'll go ahead and add them to your inventory but he hands you over a moderate thunderstone a moderate frost vial and a moderate bottled lightning that he's able to cobble together with the various things he had lying around Professor this is this is amazing I was honestly expecting you to only give me one but well, thank you so much Welcome get yourself blown up kid Thank you. Oh, and, um, I know you were asking me to look for salt, so, and then I give him the, the salt that I just figured out. The timeless salts? Mm-hmm. Not to sound ungrateful or nothing, but this, this doesn't do shit for me in Pyronite, but that's, that's okay. Maybe your lady could appreciate it. Does she cook? A lady? Oh, you want me to get... Oh no no no! That ship, that ship sailed a long time ago. Oh, all you right. Think, you think you you saw the way she? Wait, you think there's still a chance? You, I mean, she slapped me. Like we, you saw that, right? I was slapped too, but I think I have a chance. So she said nothing really, but I think she'll wait for me. I'm hoping. I don't know. Who knows? Love is... I don't know anything about love. Stay toxic, my friends. <laughs> I mean... All I remember is she took my wedding ring and threw it in her fridge and left it there for years. But she didn't throw it away. Right? Maybe she just wants to be wooed again by you. Because, I mean, if you if you go to someone expecting them to just take you back and you don't really work for it, why would they? I've been so caught up in my work and trying so hard to make sure I got it right that, uh, you know, I sort of neglected what was really important. Right. You know, we were out here, Anita and I, uh, I think I cracked the case. I figured out why my formula was too powerful. What was it? I was using the wrong units in one of my equations. Nothing wrong with what I 
I underestimated its power by about a hundred, hundredfold. Mm. So, uh, mystery solved, I guess. I, my life's work's complete, I guess. It's a weird feeling. I understand that. But also, I remember Kojak telling me that when, when you've completed something, it only leaves room for you to do something else. And if you really want to get back with your lady, then maybe now's the time since you have a lot of it already. Be honest. Do you think I'll make a good father? A father? She's pregnant? Oh, she wants to be. Well, you, you can't be too harsh on people who look up to you. I'm out. And he walks away. <laughs> I put my lab in Weiber's trunk <laughs> again well, before heading out so that I could continue doing my smoke sticks. He, uh, he does at least have given you a little bit to help you on your way. It's not much, but it's a little something from him. All right, and we'll head back towards the cradle um, to do some scouting. Our camera fades in over the, the darkened night. So on stream, I'm putting it up for those of you who are, who are watching that have not had the luxury of seeing this handout yet. This is visually what the cradle of course looks like. I know you players can't see it. I'll pop it up so you can see it. But um, for... I'm putting it on stream. Uh, other than the fact it's nighttime, here nestled against the cliffs of the spell of the Tentacle Canyon, this magnificent quartz facade, this giant shrine built to uh, to Bri herself or themselves, it's this amazing sight. And even in the moonlight, it just catches and reflects and looks very beautiful. You know, the unfortunate thing is, as it's built like this into the front of a, of a straight cliff face, at a quick glance, it doesn't appear like there's much of a side entrance or a back entrance or anything. It looks kind of like a huge structure built into the mouth of a cave. But how you're interested in scouting it out and seeing if perhaps you can find anything more, if you would like to do so, feel free to go ahead and give a perception check. And if you would be so kind as to pair that with what I assume is a stealth check. Yep. Because you are trying not to draw attention to yourself. That is correct. So in the dark, I can sneak. I don't become observed. You move up to five feet faster with the sneak action. You don't become observed. Even in the, you don't need cover. You can just like out in the open. You're good. Yep. As long as you're in dip lines or darkness, you... As long as it's in dim light or darkness, or if you have cover. Okay, perfect. Somebody was standing guard at the front of the cradle courts looking out at this big opening. Almost everyone else wouldn't even be able to attempt to sneak up on it because there's no cover, right? But with Hal using the slink feature, the darkness and the dim light just gives you the cover you need to even sneak through wide open spaces, which is really cool visually. Hal out here shadow dancing. Meanwhile, Suruk is going to some canyon somewhere like clamber up to where there's sight lines and just deploy the backpack ballista in case of bad shit happening. Perfect. So we'll take the perception check and the stealth check. I'll do the stealth first since I'm hovering over it. We're avoiding notice as we are. We're kind of doing the thing where we're doing multiple exploration activities at once, but in the given the context of the situation, 
Sounds good. Well, that's nice a 32 on the stealth. I think that's nice. pretty good. Pretty much every single one of your companions probably lose you in the darkness and lose sight of you. Even Saru, he's like watching for you. Like, you just, he just disappears into the freaking darkness, man. 32. Do you want a secret perception check since I'm actively looking for an opening? Or is it... You can make it secret. That's fine. E either way, if you want to make it public, either way, I'm fine with it. Make it public, <laughs> then. Make it public. It can be public. But I guess... Well, I don't know. No, no, no. Make it public. It's fine. We can all see you roll that second 19. That's not what I said. <laughs> so a total, a total of 18 on your perception check. Given the 18, if you unless you want to spend a hero point, I will tell you the results of your 18. Okay, I will spend a hero point. All right, I watch Twitch is giving a hero point to Hal and chat. Hero point comes That's in, better. bumps it up to a 25. Woo! You spend some time, like, searching sort of the surrounding canyon walls but looking for any sort of secret passages from the outside in other than the sort of main entrance which is sort of has all the the winged beasts that you guys have sort of scared up into the perches they since you come back right they've sort of nestled down and retaken their position but at night it feels like they're just all like kind of roosting up in the the crystals and like sleeping for the night and you you move through so silent that not one of them even like is aware of your presence as you sneak right underneath them. Uh, there are the small windows that you had mentioned before. Um, each of the windows is small enough that it's only enough to let in like fresh air and a little bit of light. It's only a few inches wide, which makes it too skinny to actually crawl in or out. You kind of take a moment and take a peek in each one. There's no signs of movement or sounds anywhere at each one of the windows you check and you kind of come away short of some secret passage like high above up in the cliffs that would require you to climb up and like search around you feel pretty confident that there's only one way in or out of this place okay i'll take that back to the group and kind of howl to force rook to come down from his little perch and uh, and once we all grew back together, you know, doesn't look like there's a way in. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything unless we want to climb up there. But I'm not really sure. I pointed the robot and Anita working on the stuff. I'm not really sure they can get up there. Doesn't look like a back door or anything, unfortunately. Or fortunately, it's information. How we frame it for ourselves, I think, is important. I can't think of anything else we need to do. Yeah, take some time. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I can sneak in there and it can't see me or something. I mean, if he, if you want to give that a shot, I won't stop you, but I would caution heavily against it, I think. The biggest thing to remember is that the whole temple, at least the main entryway, is covered in like bright light thanks to those lanterns that illuminate the place. So there's not a lot of dim light. Like the hallways that you've peered down did look like they were dim, but like the, the main entryway was definitely lit bright. I mean, there's other there's other passages. I didn't see nothing uh, when that uh, dog come running. I ran around and hid behind the curtain. I mean, I dodged its gaze. Maybe we can go down one of them. You know, I mean, it got noticed 
Kijok when you sent him down in there. Maybe we kind of, maybe that is our back door. Maybe we take that other way. Yeah, maybe. I think as long as we all stay close to each other, Sir pulls the smokestick. Everybody's carrying one of these and we're just ready to pop it to give ourselves cover. It's not a great plan, but it's a plan. Yeah, I'd be in favor of kind of searching that uh, side room that I hallway I went down just to I mean, hell. <laughs> you went all the way to the Cradle Courts, this mythic place in the middle of the Spellscar Desert that ain't nobody ever been to except for us four in Kosawana, and we didn't take a look around. We should do that. Do you think it was it would give us a better chance to like maybe kill the lights? I'm concerned about your ability to see if we do so. I have my thing now. Thank thanks to you know like Bri, Lady Bry. Oh, you can see in the well. We can try it. You notice there's like a one of Anita's eyes has been completely replaced with almost like a robotic clockwork sort of like device that's like socketed in the <laughs> eye, I believe. It's sparking dangerously. You should look at that look at. I should oil it in a bit. I make the broad strokes presumption that the Hounds of Tindalos can see in the dark as well or better than we can. I hear you. I mean, we could try it. We go down in that right-hand hallway. Yeah, have the smokestick ready. If uh, it comes for us, we can just hit it and head back out and see if it does anything to any one of us. Or we can head back further in, but... I think if it wanted us dead, it had us dead to rights last time we saw it, and it didn't finish us off. Yeah, that's right. It went back through the wall. Yeah. I don't know. One of my concerns as well is that uh, the, smoke, the smoke sticks that I'll be able to provide is very limited, and I don't know how far we could go into, you know, like the cradle with just four, maybe five smoke sticks. Plus one pulls the one he took from mm -hmm. Wyrus Chunk. Well, hopefully we don't encounter that. Nods at Ruffy. Hopefully we don't encounter it right away, right? That's what we're kind of banking on. If if we hop in and it's right there, then yeah, we're kind of fucked. But, uh... How many exactly are you planning on making? Well, I'm thinking of doing... Like six elixirs. Gatobi just gave me like thunderstones. Hang on, let me make sure I have it right. Yeah, he just gave me a thunderstone, a vial, and a bottled lightning. I could. I do want to prioritize the elixirs, so I'm thinking of maybe six, unless you guys want me to focus more on the smoke sticks. And then I could just do one of each for the elixirs, and then the rest of my reagents could just go to the smoke sticks. I still have a single lesser elixir and two minor. All right, hang on. Let me see what I could do. Bloop, bloop. All right, by bringing my elixirs down to Anita's computing, looking at her materials. So by bringing my elixirs down to three, I could do seven smoke sticks. Plus one gives us essentially eight minutes. If we all stay it's together two and each, someone- Two each, yeah. Pops the smoke holds it in the middle of us it's it is the best plan we have with the resources we have available to mm -hmm. us yeah we could do that yeah i agree all right 
And in case of emergency, there's also an elixir with Wybert. So if you guys are close to him and you're able to open him up, you, you could grab it. Yeah, I just don't think we should experience it when we get in. We shouldn't stop and fix up everything as we can. Also, if we get backed into a corner, I know you're not going to like this, Anita, but we can probably come back for Wybert. Pull what's left, rebuild him better. Easier to do than rebuilding us, you know? And then Saruk realizes he's immediately put his foot in his mouth. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That was rude of me. It's all right. To be completely honest, it's kind of went over my head. Don't worry, she's got thicker skin now. That's... God damn it, Refi. All right, I'm passing out. Yeah, but that being said, it seems like we've got all our preparations in place. All that's left to do is to execute the plan. And so you guys feel free to rest for the night, which should help you get back any of your daily resources, which in this case, I believe it's mostly just Anita that benefits from this. Although Saruk gets some stuff on daily prep, like picking your daily lore and stuff like that. Yeah, I gotta think about my lores. Uh, so out of character before we, uh, at the conclusion of the rest, Saruk will be at 58 out of 81. I can top everyone off too, if you if you all are willing to spend like maybe an hour. Given as much time as you guys needed, there's not a lot of pressing time, so I would say Anita would be able to bandage everyone up to full during the course of the night and then resting and all that. Like, I'm fine with you guys going back up to full on everyone. It's just not even worth micromanaging the dice on that. It's like, we're not like time limited right now. There's nothing pressing that we need to go like hour by hour. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, a wonderful GM who's not making a shoelace dice rolls. <laughs> yeah, there's, I, don't, I don't see a point in, in uh, going through all that effort. So. Or is it because we're secretly stuck in a time loop and he knows it? <laughs> okay, so then second out of character... What do y'all want Saruk to prep for? Uh, I should really say the names of my feats instead of for uh, da, da, that thing I have for, for, for skillful lessons. Or JK, that's not the name of it. I know my class features. Entires it. Is that Keepers Collection? Scrolls for flexible studies. That's it. Uh, Brylor seems all right, but. If you guys have any other suggestions, I am certainly open. Can we do Timehound lore? Since we have a name? Yeah, I could do. Alrighty. Cthulhu lore it is. I mean, yeah, like Outer Gods lore. It is the sort of creature that's from that sort of like Outer God mythos. The sort of, um... Oh man, what's that really cool name for the... The like Sky Pantheon thing? The Dark Tapestry. The Dark Tapestry, that's it. Thank you, Lore Master Tommy. If you haven't yet, go watch all Tommy's awesome lore videos on YouTube. He does a lot of awesome. Black Dragon Gaming, you nerds. Go do it. Exactly. Okay, how did Tindalos lore it is? That is the most lore the plot that I've ever pulled out in my life. <laughs> well, you had you had contact with it and, and did research on it and come back, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Any other last-minute prep stuff, guys? I'm going to briefly manifest Keyjack. Stay with the boy today. If we get caught by that thing, 
I think he might need you more than I do. I appreciate your help. I will be here if you need me. That's not a good accent, but I will be here. And he, uh, he, he's always got a connection with you. You know you can summon him as need be, but currently he is allowing his consciousness to drift back to Alconstar to watch over the boy. Anita, why is Wyvert sparking dangerously? <gasps> You're all right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Double explode. The molten cowboy does not look at explosions. That's what I did for the night. I was repairing Wyvern. You exploded twice, Odo. <laughs> I remember. Because I did explode and then he was unstable. I failed my, my stability check. But yeah, he would. It's just like a 10 minute thing to refix him without even a roll. So he's, he's back to being stable. So, with that being said, we arrive back on the doorstep to the cradle fresh in the next morning. You know, the front door was left open as you guys hightailed it out of here the night before, and it remains open um, as you return. Looking in at the entrance hall, it's this hexagonal, hex, hexagonal, that's a weird word, but yeah, hexagonal chamber in the shape of a crystal with like thousands and thousands of these like gemstones lining the walls, making the face of Bri, Bri like looking down on you. The blue, the sort of like four torches in the sconces give off that like constant blue glow that reflect from all the gemstones, giving this a very like regal feeling entryway. And it kind of betrays the the corpses of the creatures that you killed or unkilled. Can you kill something that's already dead the day before? We unalived them. You don't want to be demonetized. Bits of clockwork creature that exploded outward from the floor, leaving scorch marks in the earth. Welcome back to the Cradle of Quartz. What are you guys doing? What's your plan? Uh, we're patiently waiting for the battle map. Well, just narratively, what's your plan? You want the battle <laughs> map? You want to fight? We can fight. No, no, mm. please. Do not, want, do not pet the pupper. Okay, so Saruk's going to go in. If we are, the four of us are in a, in as much space as Wybert takes up with Wybert in the rear, we immediately turn, I think, in turn past the curtain which then we have to break into a straight line which Saruk will go first I will use the exploration activity that means my shield is up and my other hand has a smokestick in it alright so Saruk's defending yeah. scouting Halbrant's scouting surprise the scout is scouting Ruffy and Anita I'll be raising my shield Defending as well. Wybert in the rear. Thanks for the cheer, Nobu. Nobu? I don't know how to pronounce that. Nobu. I have my hand ready at a moment's notice to pet. <laughs> ready to pet. Um, I'm, look I'm looking out for any danger as well. Got nothing else I can do. So yeah, feel free to go ahead and... Uh, and uh, move your way in, you know, staying in your whatever marching order you're currently doing. Narratively speaking, as you kind of navigate your way down this like long hallway, it's it's not very wide, and given everything you know about this creature, this looks like a terrible place to encounter it because there's no there, every single space in this temple is an acute angle. Like everywhere, the floor meets the wall. 
everything is completely perfectly designed the Bry architects did a really good job about making this a magnificent piece of engineering and yet a perfect playground for one of these things and there's nowhere to like hide yeah this is all bad yes it is and you make your way uh sort of down that hallway the sort of blue light in the sconce above lighting up this hallway but all is quiet as you make your way through here um there's no sounds or anything moving and you can continue your exploration it comes to a sort of t intersection which looks like it doubles back towards one of those windows that hal was looking in the night before and continue straight on to a small chamber at the end of the hallway let's take a look you sure i mean why not we're all the way out of here this place is said not to exist like i think there's three five people that know of this place you are ludicrously optimistic in the face of death, my friend. But all right, it's for the content. <laughs> so yeah, Wybert is again scraping along these walls as he squeezes <laughs> his way through the the narrow hallways. Um, this opens into like a small chamber. There's you know smashed wooden pieces. It doesn't look like there's any uh, living creatures, no bodies in this room. Just one of these like another one of these blue ever bright torches giving this constant like glow it's like a weird laboratory feel with like that that fluorescent light all the time this room gives you a good view um out of one window towards the entrance which would make it a pretty good sort of lookout post if somebody was here um on scouting duty and there's a second window that peers straight out into the tentacle canyon itself do you want to take a bit and search it further, or are you just interested in just doing a quick peek? Take a cursory glance around. Yeah, just quickly scan the ruins. Yeah, if you guys want to take uh, some time, you know, it takes about 10 minutes of time to search, you know, 10 minute chunks, you can search collaboratively this room. Uh, just give me perception checks, secret perception checks as you search around. Can I look at the light and just see, in case we need to, just figure out how I can turn it off? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Using Wybert as a ladder to kind of lift you up because they're, they're pretty much set. They're not eye level. They're set a little higher kind of above your heads, but with mm -hmm. Wybert being big and you being able to ride his back, he kind of lifts you up like a ladder. Once you're up to eye level with it, most of what is magnificent or interesting about this lantern is the shell. It's got like this quartz crystal lid over the top that gives it this awesome blue glow and bays the light in a very concentrated very specific manner around the room it's, it looks like it's actually angled so that the sort of angles of the crystals get the light exactly where it needs to be but other than that it looks like in run-of-the-mill ever-burning torch inside so mm. just at the look it's basically like unscrewing the lid and taking the ever-burning torch out would allow you to get access to the ever-burning torch can i grab the shell do i have time for that yeah, I mean, we're spending some time in here. So um, in that case, I will go ahead and reveal this loot token. You can go ahead and loot the Everburning Torch. And we will turn off the light in this room. And the light in this room goes dark with only the bits of light filtering in through the windows. And Anita gets herself a Everburning Torch. The rest of you guys that are searching the room come up without anything interesting. It doesn't appear that there's anything in the rubble, any sort of secret passages. It just looks like a an old room used for lookout. You come up, unfortunately, empty-handed. Rafi wasn't searching. He was just keeping an eye out for the peril pup. 
Saruk is just very anxious and would like to keep moving. About like seven or so minutes into this sort of interlude of searching and stuff, you hear the sort of like scratching of nails like on the on the floor, just like a very like skitter. Um, it sounds like it echoed back from somewhere near like the main entrance, like that way in the hallway, Ruffy. But you, to your eyes as you were looking, you never saw anything. You just heard it. We should probably get moving. Yeah, we're going. All right, where to next? Excuse me, Wyvern, you chonky boy. There's a time <laughs> hound. We gotta fucking go. God dang nemesis. <laughs> you come down here. I'm in space. My bad, sir. <laughs> just we gotta stay right on top of each other. Right now. So I guess just... Down to the other room at the end of the hall. Perfect. So um, as you kind of move in towards this room, you notice that the floor, the ceiling, and all the walls in this alcove are cracked and pocked with pin-sized holes. This is very stark contrast to the rest of the chamber, which has been very well-maintained and very pristine. Tons of pin-sized holes pocked, marked across this entire chamber. And there's a desiccated corpse lying slumped in the southwestern corner of the chamber. And it looks like it's wearing this like ridiculous-looking helmet with like its eyesight looks partially obscured. And it almost looks like the helmet is like fit with like gun barrels, like 360 degrees around it, just pointing in all directions. Someone had the right idea. Sirk's gonna approach, hoping it doesn't reanimate. I would like to take the helm. Okay, yeah. So you go towards the the corpse and like try to slowly like lift the helmet off the corpse. There's a moment where like the helmet you start lifting it up and then it feels like the body like shunts to life and like grabs at you, but you realize it's just that the helmet got high enough that the head like slumped out of it and like it like startles you for a second, but it does not come to life and you can go ahead and loot the desecrated the desiccated corpse here. I see you flipping things at the last second, Steve. I did. I did not remember to do it before, but I did it now. So does it look like if someone were to put on the helmet, it would protect them or like protection from gaze attacks with this helmet? Yes, no? You you can, like you want to try sliding it over your head and ch checking it out? I mean, just looking at it. Uh, give me a crafting check as you glance at it. I guess I'm making the bold assumption that this person was human. I don't know if that fits Saruk's noggin. <laughs> but crafting, 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 crafting. This might have supposed to have been, oh, yes, this is the perfect strategy or the least perfect strategy as the dice warrant. You have no idea what the function of this helmet is looking at it, but you do believe just whoever designed it did not design it with the, the function of visibility in mind. It, you're pretty sure if you were to wear this, it would protect you from all visual <laughs> effects in the area. All right. And Saruk will pass the helmet back. This ought to be helpful. One of you put this on. All right. Got my hat. Rafael doesn't got a hat no more. No, that's true. Uh, it it looks like it might. The horns might catch. This looks a bit painful, honestly. I mean, my hat was flexible. I think I may have accidentally put something that I wasn't supposed to. Why is it up there on the lamp? That's not where that goes. Damn it, Saruk. <laughs> uh, who are, we put, are you trying to put on, Ruffy? Are you interested at all in... Are, so you get the helmet off, do you just skedaddle right away, or are you taking any time to, like, 
look at the room and figure out what's going on here. Honestly, Saruk's main MO right now is, oh god, oh god, everyone is in danger. Accomplish the mission, get gone. So unless someone stops him, he's just gonna go. If somebody wants to look around, out of character, please stop him. But otherwise, <laughs> running, running, complete the mission. Yeah, you hand you hand the helmet to uh, Ruffico, right? And then you kind of go back curly. You look up at the end of the hallway, and like standing in the doorway is for like a moment just staring at you is the Hound of Tindalos. You're at the far end of the hallway. It's staring at you. Just going to close my eyes as fast as I can. Checks. Uh, uh, we're going to try. Maybe it speaks Talden. I super doubt it. But just, we mean you no harm. Let us pass. We are here to stop the temporal incursion. And then reach to pop this smoke stick. You actually pop it or you just reach to get ready for it? Reach to get ready. See if it responds. There's no response from it. Did ever okay? Is everyone closing their eyes or is it just Saruk? I'm trying to put on this damn helmet. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I'm, in, I'm near the back. I'm just like, what the fuck is this thing? If Saruk hears it moving, or like if there's a if there's a long pause, Saruk's probably gonna pop his smoke stick. I'm closing my eyes and holding on to Halbrin's shoulder. Got it. And what's Halbrin doing? Pulling his hat down. For, for the ease of figuring out like what this item that you have doesn't do or not, I've gone ahead and identified the helmet in your inventory for Refugio. It's called a Thunder Helm. You can wear it and you can invest into it. It is a magical item. Um, it does provide... It, it provides a minus one penalty to auditory and visual perception checks when you're wearing the helmet, but it also gives a plus one bonus to saving throws against auditory and visual effects while you're wearing Ooh. it as well. An item as well, once per day, you can activate it and it fires all the barrels around the helmet in 360 degrees and shoots everything in a 20-foot emanation of you. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. I can't wait till we get shot by the damn TPK helmet. <laughs> Ruffy, <laughs> nope. <laughs> can't see a bloody fucking thing with this thing on. It is a little hard to see, but it does provide you a bonus to visual saves against visual effects. So that's kind of a cool little bonus here. Everyone like quickly close their eyes. Uh, Saruk, you're you're trying to plead with it. Nobody hears like any sort of, there's no movement. There's no response. There's no clattering of like toenails on the, the sort of tile. And then like we see like from Hal's perspective with the rim of the hat down, he kind of like looks up and peeks for just a moment. And the hallway's clear. It's gone. I've definitely bumped into the back of Annie <laughs> with his helmet on. Something's behind me. Don't worry. It's just the man with the safety hat. And you can, if you wish, you can make your way back towards the central chamber. He, he was there a second ago. You saw him, Saruk. But here, moments later, he's gone. I mean, maybe we look at the floor and run to that next one. And he point, I'll point to the one directly across. You got it. And I'm gonna just shield up, smokestick in hand, ready to crack, and run, 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 run my ass to the door. Hustling, hustling across. We're doing our um, <laughs> CrossFit training for the morning. <laughs> I think Saruk is probably gonna just shield check the door to open it. Do you know how hard it is to run with this damn thing on with horns? I oh. do. <laughs> runs in the wall. You can feel free to open the door. The, the door. Remember, these doors are just like 
curtains that sort of like segment the hallway from the meeting chamber. There's no door. So you just like slide it over. Similar to the other side, it looks like there is a long straight chamber, but there's multiple T-sections here. Which way would you guys like to go? Let's just move to the first room. I think just turning the corner. Please don't bite me, monster, in this room. Scooch it over to give everybody access. Yep. This room looks very similar to the room you saw before in that it gives a good view of the sort of tentacle canyon. This side does not provide any sort of line of sight on the main entryway, but smash furniture, there's like scratch marks in the walls, more of this sort of destroyed and left to rot vibe to this room. Take a look around. Spend a few minutes like searching it. I think so. All right. Feel free to give me the perception check and let me know what everyone else is doing during this sort of section of time. I'm just going to scooch back to the hallway. Hexagonal court shells. All right. You can go ahead and loot that one if you'd like, Anita. And, th and this one as well, if I can. Yeah, you probably have time for both. Wee! Farming. Saruk, I was thinking, mm. I'm gonna, if I'm going to be wearing this bloody stupid thing anyway, isn't the point that I'm a little bit better off? Maybe I should be out in front. Yeah, all right. I mean, I can't see anything anyway, so I'm just going to look down at the floor, and you guys tell me, left or right, straight, left or right. How you give a nice, thorough inspection of the room and come up without anything looking interesting. Nothing catches your eye. Right. Well, that's your line. You say right at the top of your turn all the time. Straight. <laughs> no, they're straight from the... I've just pushed this way. All right. There is a tiny room that did not... This one, you know, there's no room like this off the other hallway, but this is a small room. It's, a, it's more of a chamber. It contains crumbling beds and tattered clothing, and there's two withered corpses lying on their floor. Their skin looks like it's split open with wounds just across their body. Otherwise, they, the corpses seem fairly well-preserved here in the dry desert air. But, uh, yeah, you catch the eyes, and, and, like, you definitely see that they have similar wounds on their bodies that you guys have experienced oh. yourself. My Jawa. <laughs> took the words right out of my god's damn mouth. Anything useful? Well, let's, let's take a look around. Yeah, you want to search? Search is going to... Yeah. <laughs> Never mind, he's not going to go there, Refius. I must keep everyone within 15 feet. Refi, look at all these shiny things I'm getting. This is not the time for your ADHD. Respectfully. But look. I know. I know. So you go through the room, looking at the beds. I mean, it's long shattered. I mean, based on your estimation, this, this room and these bodies have probably been here, left for decades of time. You don't find anything immediately uh, valuable within the wreckage, but you do notice, like, one of the corpses, it has tucked under its shirt that you can't really see. looks like a bulge on its chest, like it might be wearing a necklace of some sort that might be valuable. I take a look at it. Is it a necklace? Yeah, it looks like a necklace. So you kind of, like, go here, and you sort of, like, see the chain and you kind of are able to pull it and it has like some hefty weight to it so you you're like oh it could be something valuable 
And as you go to sort of like pull it up, um, the eyes on this thing shoot open and its hand reaches out and grabs your hand. And I need you guys to roll initiative for me. Let's go. Uh, oh my. Oh me, oh my. They are prone. No, I they think start they're prone. scary. Right? <laughs> I got the shivvies. No, we don't want the shiv. We want the bomb. Do I have a scout buff because scouting? You do have scout buff from Hal. Uh, he is doing scouting, so you take the plus two. 23 for Anita. How long does it take to invest in, in equipment? Invest in item is a... It's basically, it says... Uh, this roster requires one or more interact actions. You should take the same amount of time. It's just an interact action, so it's like instant, yeah. Alright, so I've all invested in this by now. Yeah, you're, you can be invested in it, that's fine. This is such, like, unnecessarily cool music for we're grave robbing and the undead are angry with us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I feel like we're being incentivized to do bad things. This I got a natural one, which is perfect because I don't know what the fuck is going on with this family. Well, you got a minus one penalty on initiative thanks to the Thunderhelm, so it's perfect. Uh -huh. so we'll start the encounter. So, Rook, you are first to react. Okay. Say it with me, kids. Untap, upkeep, devise... I'm going at the one I can see. 27. What's my kit right now? This is dangerous as hell. I'll keep it. Uh, I dropped the smoke stick I'm carrying as a free action. There are some people here who are new. Uh, so Saruk has this backpack that he wears. There are way too many steampunk gears on it reaches back tags it and when that happens extending forward over his shoulder if you imagine like a like a gundam from the middle ages a ballista forward out as i'm going to draw my backpack ballista and then i'm going to shoot a ballista bolt over the head of someone who can't see right now and someone who's indiana jones <laughs> at this target would a 27 hit them flat-footed yes they are flat-footed they have slightly increase AC from shooting through allies, but a 27 is enough to hit, not a crit. So, hang on. I'm gonna be that guy. Oh, what if it was a 28? I always forget my item bonus. Still a hit. Boo. Okay. Whoa. They take 16 points of piercing damage. Alright, they take the full 16. And that is my turn. Alright. How? Uh, would I have my Copa shout? Uh, you've got one push on one hand and you got your hand, other hand's free, right? So I think so. Yes. So I think Hal reaches down and grabs onto this creature as he's grabbing onto the necklace. It grabs his arm and then Hal re-grasps onto the person's clothing, uh, maybe their shoulder and kind of moves him around and he does a snagging strike. Okay. Whoops, that is a accidental. Question marks. Question, Question marks, marks hit. 26 <laughs> uh, is a hit. That is going to be 18 points of slashing damage. All right, it takes the full 18 points of slashing damage, and you're snagging it, so it's now flat-footed, unless it moves away from you. Then I think he's going to do an exacting strike using... The press 
feature on the exacting strike that means if he misses he doesn't get a map attack penalty on this next strike but if he okay. hits then he'll do something else so second attack exacting strike with map it is flat footed uh 13 is not going to hit it's not going to hit but then he doesn't have so he's going to make a third attack um, at another minus five map because he missed. Yep, because exacting strike does not make your map go up. Correct. And who says you don't attack three times in one turn? Oh, oh that's, that's a natural one. Twitter. <laughs> We've proved it. Three attacks is the way to go. If yeah, look at that. you use exacting strike. So that is a crit. Let's get crits in chat, everyone. How? go ahead and roll critical hit damage. 30. 30 points of slashing damage. Oh, damn. All right. It takes the entire 30 points of damage. It's looking pretty hurt, but it is not dead. That's all three actions, three attacks. It's twice in my turn. All right, Anita. All right. So Anita would use her first two actions to command Wybert to go in the first room on the right and hit the first... Hostile enemy that he sees. Let me go 40 first. Because I don't know how far this goes. 40. So that's one. Woo! Yeah, I think the problem with Wybert, though, too, let me see, is like everything. Yeah, big boy. He's big, so everything's half movement for him. So it's like difficult oh, terrain. For that's him. two actions. Two actions to move to this spot. Yeah, he does have fast speed, right? He has 40 feet of movement. Yeah, so he can get there in two mm -hmm. moves. Right. Yeah. So he hits this thing that's already badly injured. Wyver smash. Sort of Wyver smashing. It, like Hal's getting like squished pretty tight. It's like really cramped for space in here. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Wyver's a big boy. How's that? Yeah, that's a 20. Dirty 20. That is a miss. All right, and then Anita uses her last action to close her eyes, just in case. Closing the eyes, just in case. Smart. That brings us to these creatures' turn. First action, this dude in the corner. He does stand up. So he moves the prone condition. Like, gets to his feet. I think he will sort of like try to stride into position with Hal and his last action. I guess it's a step more than a stride, um, but his last action is to target Hal with what appears to be a surprisingly agile, like karate chop to your neck. Hmm. No. But with a dirty 20, that is a miss and they are unable to hit you. The one that you're kind of like holding stands up with his first action, which is a move action that triggers an opportunity attack. Yes. I would like to take it. Take your opportunity attack. He does not have Kip up like Mukta. He is still flat-footed. He is still flat-footed because uh multitude of reasons, but feel free to take that flat-footed strike. Seventeen. That's gonna be a miss. Oh, hero point. 
<laughs> I used my hero point. Well, chat. Oh, look at that. RK Richard RPG is, is enabling Ricardo. Wowie. That guy seems like a cool guy. Feel free to give yourself <laughs> another hero point and re-roll. That turns it 17 into a 28, which is a hit. But not a crit. Or 10 slashing damage. All right, 10 slashing damage. Uh, but he does stand up. You slash 10 more points of damage. And then this one that's Karai chopping you in the neck, this one kind of looks at you and very quickly does like a quick like one-two flurry of blow. A stunning... It's a stunning flurry. Undead monk. Undead monk. <laughs> so, first strike it basically does two strikes against you first strike is a 33 which is not a crit but it is a hit and the second one takes that map the second one is a 15 which is a miss so just one hit we'll do the damage uh that is 11 points of bludgeoning combined with two points of negative energy for a total of 13 damage Ooh, to you now. So I think Saruk is going to react. Uh, I realize we didn't. I don't mean to... Good point. Using a joke with the rules layer on it is, is narrative. Or, uh, we're in a good moment in time to do that. I don't mean to rules layer, but I realized I forgot to do something last time. Uh, for those of you who are new, out of nowhere, a emerald jaguar manifests in the space between the really creepy fucking thing and and uh pal latches on to the like the arm pulls it back such that the strike hits a little less and then the jaguar demanifests mechanically i'm gonna use the berating step so uh hal gets resistance equal to my level plus two so resistance eight and unless they've changed this in an errata, that applies to all the different sources of damage. I, I have some champions I'm running for, and they pointed that out to me on Tuesday. So it, if it's resistant all damage, then yeah. Yeah. So it should entirely shut off the negative, and then the 11 is reduced by 8. So So you take 3 total. And then Hal can right. step if he wants to. I don't you know where the hell he's going to step. That room is crowded. but yeah, You can't step away from them. Okay, you stay you stay in range to keep it like uh, snagged. Yep. So only three points of damage. Bad. Fortitude save. So after that, you feel like part of the like strike is like almost like um, affecting you. So I do need a fortitude save. Ooh. Come on. Isn't that if both hit? Yes, but this is something else. You did not get. Both didn't hit, so you didn't get the stunning flurry, but you are getting hit with a different effect on the unarmed strike itself. It hits you, and it hits a nerve, and the nerve sort of, like, sends, like, something up into your brain that scrambles it just a bit, and the world gets a little fuzzy, and things get a little double vision for you, Hal. You are now stupefied one. Oh, even more stupefied than normal. This is a hard feat. <laughs> stupefied two now. We smart party. We think um, yes, I am the inventor and the investigator brofist. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then, yeah, I think it will then step back away from you, removing the flat-footed condition on itself with its third and final action. And that's all their turns. Ruffy cool. Are you ready to, to 
get in there and fight some undead monks. Can I get in there? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 crowded, but you can definitely squeeze in there. All right, where can I end up? I mean, there's a square here, there's a square here, there's a square right. back here. So I'm going to use... Uh... Since Wyvern's so big, he takes up the whole room and he couldn't even fit in there. <laughs> so everyone's just sort of sharing space with Wyvern, even though mechanically that's not quite how it works. But in this fight, it's working that way. Someone will watch this on YouTube and scream at you. You've got the rules wrong, but I appreciate you because otherwise Wyvern can't do shit. Otherwise, Wybert couldn't get in there at all, yeah. I'm going to squeeze by Wybert and... God, Wybert, move your fat ass. And, uh... Too <laughs> much junk in that trunk. Literally, it's where we keep our stuff. <laughs> to draw my pistol, right? Stride towards an enemy that I can see. Kind of banging my this damn helmet against Wybert as I'm walking through. <laughs> and, uh... I'm going to use uh, my first action to shoot this guy in the face. All right, go ahead and make that attack roll. Gotcha. That's a 33. Nice. 33, that is a hit. Unfortunately, not a crit. That's fine. That's seven points of damage. Nice. All right. Takes the full damage. Still up. Uh, <laughs> it is now flat-footed to my next melee strike due to sword and pistol. Bring it on. And I'm going to take a uh, reloading strike at map. So you see me shoot in the face, twirl the gun, and it breaks open. At the same time, with my other hand, I bring up a bullet, toss it into the gun, and then bring the hand back down and karate chop him, just like they karate chopped Hal. Let's see if the dice reward your creativity. They will. I'm manifesting this. Remember that dragon? Oh boy, it does! Let's go. Manifest every time. Yeah, right. manifest it all. Apparently, I have wishing powers. I didn't know. I'm gonna go talk yeah. That's a critical Jeez. hit. I wish it was on the firearm, but it is pretty awesome. Roll that fire crit hit damage. 14 points Die. of damage. All right, 14 points of damage, and he has to make a basic fortitude saving throw, which they fail and become slowed one. Slowed one. Oh, like it's already like half like undead and you've cracked it and now it's like I think maybe like its spine is like misaligned so it can't like move right anymore and uh, for my third action I'm going to just aid the next attack with a feint and that's my turn bringing us to the top of round two Saruk Richard you didn't yell at me about that thing that I forgot to trigger Ah, sorry. I, it's the helmet. I can't see or hear a damn thing. Yep, that's fair. I, <laughs> I believe you. Okay. Uh, shit all over it. I think this turn is really, really awkward. I think what Saruk has to do is... Uh, what Saruk has to do is when it's not his turn, he has to check the mechanics of putting up the backpack ballista because I'm not leaving this thing in the middle of this place as we're running. So rather, my smokestick is going to stay in the square Cirque is in currently. Cirque is going to step. That puts everybody measuring in reaction range. Uh, what do I do with my last two actions? I guess this is a really bad idea. Cirque is going to drop his shield. Interacts to draw his jail. And just like 
blindly fire forward at the... Is this man's actually flat-footed back here in the corner? Uh, no, it was just in, my, just in my melee. And it's already gone. Got it. Uh, I think I'm still gonna... Try to clean up the one in the back. So, turning off all the important things. Wow, I think this is the first time in in Zurich's whole career I'm using my dexterity to attack. This is weird. We're not devising a stratagem. We're just doing it. Faint attack, then? Yeah, go ahead and make your faint. Your DC 20 check. Uh, 16, not quite enough to help, but it doesn't hurt. Just checking all the things. Blah. Blindly firing the into the room. Mm. Mm. You did say blindly. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> it I'm is debating. A yeah, you know what? I, I think with expediency, Sirik's brain and Tommy's brain say hero point reroll, so I'm gonna. Woo! There we go. 24 to hit? Perfect. Uh, 24 would be a hit except for the small cover that's provided by shooting through your allies and it turns into a miss. Boo! No, Wybert! Boo! Damn it, Wybert. <laughs> okay. How, right? Yeah, that unfortunately, is... yeah, that is a miss by one. Otherwise, my turn. Heck! Um, I think at this point, Anita, you don't see anything, but you hear the sort of like click clack of feet kind of come up the hallway behind you and you can you can feel like the licking of like tongue on lips and like the sniffing and damn it steve this is not how i wanted to hear click clack it's supposed to be good and feel like the city heck <laughs> you feel like there's something near your eyes are closed but you have sense of what's around you and you feel like something has approached you from behind how it is your turn i think Hal is going to use a scout's charge as he strides closer to this creature in the corner and he will do a feint using stealth instead of deception to attempt to make it flat-footed. That is a 27. And that is definitely a success. So it is flat-footed to your strike. All right. And as part of Scout's charge, I get to strike this creature one time. Uh, 23 is a hit thanks to the flat-footed condition. The faint actually pays off here and makes it a hit. Oh, eight points of damage. Ooh, it, it takes the eight points of damage, but it's not enough to, to, to down it. And, uh, stupefied? Uh, the stupefied stays. Okay. Stupefy is not one of those conditions that auto auto decrements itself. I don't believe. Yeah, there's gonna be like a specific on the what give them stupefied. Otherwise, I I think you have to sleep it off. I forget. Or even like greater restoration it off. Um, Anita, you feel there's something behind you, but you're not looking at it. Um, feeling the hairs on the back of her neck stand up, Anita, still with her eyes closed, is going to use the wall to guide her. So I'm going to take the penalty of, like, moving half my speed. Yeah, you can move blinded, it's just you're moving at difficult terrain, so everything takes extra movement. Yeah, so I'm going to go to... I'm going to use my movement to go to Saruk. Well, near Saruk. 
Sorry, I'm blind. Yeah, you can only move two squares anyways with a stride because you only have each each move is ten feet, so that's you can move right next to Rook. You just can't go in this square. For I guess for multiple reasons, but you are able to get like feel your way away from this thing. All right, and then I say I feel something. The back of my neck, but the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. And then for my third action, I'm going to. Uh, I didn't have it pulled out. I'm gonna pull out the smoke stick just in case. Just feeling for feeling for like my equipment, and I pull it out. So one action stride, one action pull out the smoke stick, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one action. Oh yeah, I have another one. And then for my third action, I'm going to open up the smoke stick and then obscure the vision in this area. Okay. I really hope this works. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're like, you're doing it, but you're like holding it, right? So it's like basically on your square. Yes, it's on my square. And then Wybert still has one. And it's 10 foot emanation. Is that correct? Uh, uh, five foot. So it should be five like... foot emanation. So basically mm-hmm. everywhere around her. Okay. And then. Wybert still has one. Is this is this near death zombie monk within his reach? Yes. Alright, we'll try to kill it with Wybert Smash. Wybert Smash. Oh, the problem is here too, like the smoke thing goes up. It does a um around Anita, this like emanation of smoke. It fills Saruk's square and Saruk, you're in the smoke. So like the smoke is now around you and you're having a hard time looking into the room. You're feeling it based on senses now because your vision's not reaching into that room. Um, 28 is a hit. All right, cool. So that would be... Thirteen points of bludgeoning damage. Fiber's karate smash kills this like undead monk. Yeah. And it, uh, it is now dead. Or, you know. Before my turn. Unalived. Maybe a little bit than it was. Unalived. 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 Prone. Prone, yes. I think he's going to continue to target Hal. And is going to try to do its... Yeah, let's just start with a uh, stunning flurry on Hal. So it's going to do two melee strikes. First strike is a critical hit. 19 on the dice for a total of uh, 36. So, so that's a critical hit. It's going to be 36 points of damage Ooh, total. Well, so I'm going to use Eight of its reaction. Right. So interestingly, I think if Hal steps back now and out of range before the second attack comes, I think Hal can dodge it. Anyway, around it, it avoids all the negative and twenty. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't see um, the the trigger doesn't say you have to see it. So even though you don't have sight, you can still feel the like connection with your allies. So that still works for sure. It does within range. Uh, so is that twenty eight points of damage? That's so twenty. It's... All told, you resist all the negative eight points of the of the bludgeoning. So. Yep, 20. Oh, 20. Really? Yeah, it's 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 eight off each damage type because it's resist all which is a very powerful sort of resist to have i will step into the corner an interesting rules interaction what happens with the rest of 
Does it just waste the action? No, I'm gonna say because it's like an action that his action allows both strikes to go off combined as one attack, I'm gonna let him get his second attack off before the step happens. Second strike with the penalty really quick. Uh, 26, so they both do hit. This one's not a crit. So there's gonna be a lot of rolls here in a second. So we're gonna attack on 13 more damage. They're combined all into one, so it's really like because it's the it's so it's really thirty nine points of bludgeoning and ten points of necrotic, which the end result is just take thirteen more damage. Yeah. If the necrotic was lower, they could have just not still not taken any. Negative. Okay, so don't use the WC term. Did I say necrotic? Oh my god! You did. You get a hero point just for correcting me. Yeah, um, I do. Okay. So there's a bunch of things that happen here. Firstly. Oh, great. Let's start with um, the Stunning Flurry save, which is, since they both hit, you need to make a Fortitude saving throw or be stunned. Could use a hero point from somebody. Oh, you don't need it. Just roll an after 20. Yeah, just Ooh. roll. Right. Just roll well. Bam. So you are completely avoid the stun. All right. Perfect. Secondly, because you got a critical hit with an unarmed attack, and it has a sort of critical hit specialization. I need you to make a another fortitude save against the critical hit. I'm straight. Uh, Twenty-seven is a success, so you are not slowed. Lastly, you got hit by two. You got two more unarmed strikes. So I need two more fortitude saving throws. How tough is how? We're about to find out. Four fortitude saving throws in one round against this monk. That's a success. With a 24. And the last one is a natural 20. Oh. Let's go. Pritz, this what? monk just unleashed his like whole like combo that he practiced his whole life on you. And at the end result, when he it should be like a killing blow, you sort of like liberating step away from him. Fairly unscathed, impressively. Combined all the all the unscathed from all the additional effects that he just tried to put on your body that you resisted. All that said, that was one action he spent. And you stepped out of his range. I think his next action will be to step back into this corner and his third and final action to try to catch a, dis a distracted refi with a minus 10 map. And that's a critical miss. All right, refi. No, you're mistaken, friend. I'm the one hitting you. And I'm going to shoot him in the face. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Uh, that's a hit. Not a crit. Not bad. Uh, nine points of damage, and he is now flat-footed to my next strike. Which, yes. once again, is a reloading strike, as I... Spin the gun, break the barrel, and reload at the same time as striking. Not a natural 20 this time, although I was really hoping to will it into existence. Uh, that is a That's miss. That's fine. I've actually been waiting for that, because for my third action, I'm going to use follow-up strike. Ooh. Ooh. That has so much you've activated my trap card energy. Correct. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. no I, it triggers when I've missed with, uh, missed with the melee strike previously. 
I get to take another attack of the same map, pretty much. Oh, okay. nice. It's very nice. similar to what Hal's doing, but in a slightly different manner, right? Mm-hmm. So I strike again. Same map. Yep. Nice. 23. My hero. All right, thanks to the flat-footed condition. Oh, does it have flat-footed? Or is it only in the next melee strike? Uh, let me double-check that. Just for cool factor, I'm going to let it ride and you can roll damage, thanks to the flat-footed condition. But I'm not sure if the flat-footed continues through the whole turn or just the next melee strike. It'd be next melee, technically. Rule yeah. cool. But I'll, I'll, it's cool in this moment, and I will allow it to ride, so deal that damage. All right. Another nine points of damage. Nine more points. And that is my turn, all three actions. All right. Saru. Okay, this turn is so fucking awkward. Uh, we believe the Hound of Tindalos is behind us. I just watched Hal get mollywopped. That's not concerning at all. Nope. I, I didn't have him visibly on the initiative tracker, so I added him visually. Great. Great. <laughs> Good. Okay, so I think what it's got to be. Plus uh, 22. Yeah, I know it's bad. Don't remind me. <laughs> so I, I guess I have to assume the boys are going to be fine in there. Uh, as a free action, Saruk is going to drop the backpack. I thought it took like five minutes to say that thing, but it's just an interact action. So the the Gundam cannon clatters down in the square. As data goes, uh, I'll use my first dashing action even to pick up my shield. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to get data. I'm going to action. The second is with eyes open, hoping the concealing cloud is sufficient. Saruk is going to stride around Anita, still within the fog. Heck, damn you, wall. Yep, still and within the fog. There's like, a, you see, like, th you can see you're concealed, right? You can see kind of out in the hallway, this creature standing there. You're You're pretty much aware of its presence. It's just sort of concealed from the fog. You don't have visual, full visual sight on it in the smoke. My body has a shield, or hopefully my shield. I'm just gonna raise my shield and brace. And at the end of your turn, you feel that, like, gaze trying to, like, press into you, but the smoke in the concealment is blocking so your visual contact, and you're not a, you don't have to make any save or, or roll. You are, uh, good. And they said that the alchemist was bad. Well, TBK, and I'll run gatekeepers for you guys. And it'll be <laughs> dope as hell. I won't beat you up with Hounds of Tindalos. Don't tempt me with a good time. Oh, I will. It's what I do professionally. <laughs> with its first action, it uses its angled entry ability to jump, like, just sort of like, you just kind of watch as you, you can't really get a good visual on it, but it looks like it sort of folds itself back into the wall. And uh, and like you can all feel it appear on the other side of you, so it feels like it's crawled back out of the wall on the north side of you guys now. You position yourself between it and Anita, but it's in one movement has teleported itself to the other side of the chamber, and you hear like the the footsteps of it walking back around that corner, and that's where its turn ends. How? I think Hal is going to. Scouts charge up into this creature. Okay. I'll attempt a feint using stealth. 
That is a 27 again. Yep, it's flat-footed to the next strike. It's flat-footed to the next strike, which is going to be a regular strike since that's what Scout's Charge is. Just a regular strike. Regular strike. Regular strike. Uh, that is a hit, thanks to the flat-footed condition. The feint again, paying off. Every little bonus matters. 13, 13 points of damage. I think Hal is going to make a map attack using Snagging Strike. Okay. Oh. Ooh, that's a critical miss. Ends my turn. Anita. All right, so Anita is going to command Wyber to continue and try to kill this thing. So she's going to give, she's going to use one action for two. Let's see first. All right, Wyber smash! Wyber smash! Wyber smash! How's that? Ooh, that's a natural one. That's a critical miss. That is a critical miss. But Wyber's going to try again. Huzzah! For a 21. Right. Uh, 21 is going to be a miss. Damn. All right. So... It's like, Wyber's got these really big, powerful, like, slams. And, like, this thing is just, like, definitely, like, kind of, like, nimbly dodging out of the way. Mr. Undead Monk. All right. How long does the smoke stick last? I'm sorry, let me check. I'm going to check. A minute, I think. That we got plenty of time. All right, so we have a lot of time. And I still have to use my action to keep my eyes closed. It's, it's just keep your eyes closed. You're blind, just fine. You don't have to spend an action. It's an action if you want to avert your gaze to give yourself a bonus against a visual check. But by closing your eyes, you're completely avoiding it. And like Saruk, when, when Saruk feels pins and needles that don't turn into lacerations, it works. You can open your eyes. All right, so Anita is going to open her eyes. Is that a free action? Or yep. did I just spend an action? All right, cool. Uh, and then she wants to test out a theory about killing these lights. So, but I can't reach it. What do I do? You know what? I'm just going to step into the corner right here. Okay. Wait, actually, no, no. I, I don't want to leave Saruk, so I'll just stay right there. Okay. And avert my gaze, just in case. Okay, just in case. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Our cool little monk dude getting pinned in the corner here. He's going to try his luck at Ruffy. Hal is too tough. Took his full barrage. So he's going to pick out an easier target. Spins his eyes over oh, on Ruffy. And will use his stunning flurry to make two strikes on Ruffy. First strike. Ooh, oh, that's a critical hit. 34. Bish. I you are presume that... No, you're out of range for Ruffy. Boo. All right, so that first hit's going to be critical. That's Gosh. a low damage roll, 26. Uh, second right. strike comes in. 
And that is a hit just barely. Yep, just a hit. So, that's going to be 15 more points of damage. So, a total of 41 points of damage. Mm-hmm. And then, because they both hit, we have quite a few uh, checks to make, just like Hal did. There's four fortitude saves coming. So, we'll start with the Stunning Flurry, which is a fortitude save against the stun effect. That is a failure, but not a critical failure, unless you have a hero point and you want to spend it. It's going to make you stunned one. Yeah, I'll use a hero point. Okay. Fun. Oh, critical success. That's a good hero point right there. So you, you are not stunned. And then secondly, we will do the the critical hit effect, which is um, you need to make another 42 save against the critical hit or be slowed. Another success. You are not slowed. And then we have the two more 42 saves from each. Like Each of these strikes has a little bit of something else in them. Uh, the first one's a failure. Second one is also a failure. So no hero points to spend on those? Nope. You begin to stupefy. You go from stupefied one from the first strike, and then you blink, and stupefied two from the second strike. Hey, look. That's... Repkill got a hero point. Who did you? Repkill got a hero point from Hollowed RPG. (laughs) Wow. Wow. All right, I'll re-roll one of those. Natural 20. Yes. My God, Those are some good hero points. Good value hero points. All right. All of that to say that was only one. That was only one action is taken so far. Good. Damn. Monks are cool. But he's got a really high. He's already used like two attacks. So he's already got a huge multiple attack penalty, you know? All right. Well, he's just going to put out the rest of his attacks at full map penalties. 21's a miss. And... 13 is a critical miss, and that's his turn. Refi. Oh, you poor already dead fool. I don't use my brain anyway. He doesn't. <laughs> it's true. And I'm going to shoot him in the face. 31 is a hit. Hit, not a crit. Eight points of damage. Okay. And it's now flat-footed against my it next is. strike. And I'm going to do a reloading strike for my second action. Oh. It's a miss. And for my third action, I'm going to step, because I can't take that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's my turn. Perfect. All right. Saruk. Okay. The Hunter is somewhere generally north, but can wherever and each and every hell it wants to be. I hate this so much. Uh, First action, Saruk is going to manually store his backpack ballista. Step here. I know there's a wall. Shut up. I'll stride. I just want to go to where my Giselle is and then interact to pick up my Giselle. What an eventful turn. (laughs) Okay. Uh, the hound does something off screen that we don't see, but he doesn't appear to do anything in range of you to make his presence known. Yeah, snagging strike. 28 to hit. 
That is 18 points of damage. It is now flat-footed to my next exacting strike. Yep, he's flat-footed to everyone as long as he's in range of you. Ooh, that was so close to natural 20. Uh, 18 is a miss. But since I did exacting strike, I will make another strike with a minus five map. Exactly. Come on. Bro. Oh. 20 is still a miss. But he's still snagged. Come on, Wybert. Kick his ass. Beep boop, beep boop. Anita. It's five footed this time. Pretend it's a dog. <laughs> That's a fucking callback. That's a callback. What right. a callback. All right, so another Wybert smash from Wybert. So he's going to. Oh, Anita's going to continue and command him to try and fucking kill this thing. So. Two actions. Wybert smash. Three actions. No. Oh. Uh, first one's a miss. The second one. Yes, why? There we go. Buddy. That's a hit. Boom. <laughs> oh. Okay, ten, 10 points, points of, damage. of damage. Still alive, just hanging on, oh. just barely. Oh, could Wybert, perchance, be in a square that would provide cover for both Halbrant and Breffy? Ooh, it's an interesting question. I think not against not against melee strikes, I don't think so. Oh, because he's tall. I mean, technically he shouldn't be allowed to be in this room because he's sharing squares oh. with people. And I feel like allowing your allies to get full cover is probably a little too much. Now, if they want to spend an action to take cover behind him, I will allow that. He can provide cover, but he won't give it automatically. All right. Damn. All right. Uh, in that case, I'm gonna. Wobber's gonna hit, try and hit him for the last time for his third action. What's up? No, it's a critical miss. And then Anita would continue to. Oh, actually, Anita would. It was all three actions, though, right? For Wybert, I still have one. Oh, I see. You Anita gave him still three. Has one. Mm -hmm. Okay. You used two to. Yeah, you're right. Is that yeah. work? I think so. For Anita's action, she'll grab a. Because it worked before, she'll grab a frost vial. Okay. That's it for my turn. All right. This monk in one last chance targets Hal, who's within. You're snagging him. He's going to use this. He, like, kind of grabs your inside of your arm and tries to open up your chest and do a double strike. Uh, let's see if he's got what it takes. He's been getting a lot of crits on you. First one is a hit, but not a crit. You are within range of Saruk on this one. That's going to be 10, which is almost completely negated, but he gets the second one. Uh, the second one is a miss. Okay, so I'm going to use the uh, liberating step and react. So one bludgeoning damage. Yeah, it's one bludgeoning damage, Hal. Nice. So strong. Why'd you take 49? No! I know you're stupefied and counting is hard, but no. I was amazed at the strength of that ability. God damn it. There is 
only one fortitude save that needs to be made for you. And you can step, you can if, step you if you wish. It'll break the flat-footed, but yeah, no problem. You're not affected by it. You're not re-stupefied or stupefied more. Yeah, step into him more. I guess he's just gonna keep doing his thing. That's a critical miss with a natural one, and this last one is a 24. Ooh, 24 is actually a hit. So he gets one last melee strike off for 14 points of damage. Another fortitude safe. Ooh, that's a failure. Makes you stupefied too. Alright, Ruffy. I'm surprised this fight went as long as it did. I thought it was going to be a pushover. Well, when half the team is out here holding the door. That's true. I'm going to use two action to use Drifter's Juke. Ooh. So I'm going to step, strike with uh, my unarmed strike first. Okay. Yeah, that's a hit. Nice. Six Still points alive. of damage. I'm going to step. Uh-huh. And strike now with my dueling pistol. Okay. Now, you don't have anything where it gives you flat-footed if you shoot after a melee strike or if you stay in range. Uh, the thing Either is way, that it, it, it would not be able to take attack of opportunity on me. Got it. If I shot within range. But I stepped anyway, so... He is flat-footed just because Hal's still still snagging him, you know? So he is flat-footed. Oh, that's a natural one. No. All right. Just for the coolness of this moment and this ninja, this monk fight, I want to give you... I haven't given really hero points. I'm going to give you just a hero point to re-roll this one roll. If you roll a natural one again, then, you know, the dice is, like, saying whatever is over, but, like... This is too cool of a moment to, like, not give you another shot. <laughs> nice. 23. 23 is a hit. Thanks to the flat-footed condition. Nice. Max damage. 13 damage. Max damage Ooh. is enough. Nice. Oh, just one. The sort of, like, head explodes. As he, like, Hal's still, like, snagging. He's got that arm, and then the head explodes, and then it goes limp. And we are out of initiative... As the, is he uh, dead? Is there any more? I can't see anything. Sirik is going to pick up his smokestick. We can't either, but I think it's here. That's for the best. He's just ready to pop his smokestick, waiting to see if it moves. Or if we hear it. Yeah, it, it seems all quiet on the hound front. Like, there's no sign of it. There's no... It's not making any movements. The sort of like smokestick goes off for, like the full minute, providing you the visual cover you need, which is about the same amount of time that Hal and Ruffy will need to shake out of their stupefied condition, which uh, fades on its own after about a minute. And Hal, uh, you finally get a chance to look at the sort of uh, necklace that you were looking for this whole time. And you pull it out, and it is a sort of um, not super valuable, but it's almost like a tin bry necklace it's like a holy symbol on a chain around this creature's neck but it doesn't look super valuable but it is a bry holy symbol if you'd like to keep it oh i think he would hand up to nita say you want this i i, I can't use it all right i take it and i'll Get wear it. bum 
<laughs> God damn it. Yeah. No, you both almost died for this necklace. Yeah. In the intervening space, Hal's, or I'm not Hal. Uh, Surik is going to pull another uh, backpack ballista bolt out from his backpack and start screwing it together to take the minute to reload. 